One thing that I tell my kids all the time is that I don't have all the answers. And it's also something that I wanted to bring to this community as well. Sure, I love to talk about podcasting. It's literally what I devour on a regular basis. I'm thinking about podcasting. What am I going to talk about next? What's something going on in the industry that you need to know about? Or what's the next coolest tool that I think this community needs to learn? And I just got to tell you, I felt pretty humbled going to Podcast Movement 2021 and learning so much incredible, valuable information that we're going to talk about today because it was very humbling, which by the way, I never thought I was like, oh, I know it all. And I'm just going for, you know, the networking. No, no, no. I showed up to podcast movement ready and willing to learn because I want to grow as a podcaster myself, but I also know that I only know so much and I only know my own personal experiences. So I wanted to bring the different perspectives, the different stories that I heard and I learned at Podcast Movement. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. So let's get right to it. Welcome to the Profit Podcast, where we teach entrepreneurs how to start, launch, and market their podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Profit, and I'm so excited that you're here. Thanks for hanging out with me today, because if you've been trying to figure out the world of podcasting, think of this show as the time-saving shortcut you've been looking for. So let's get right to it, shall we? So I have to start off with the highlights, right? Because I can't drag you through the next however long this episode ends up being just to like hold out on you and tell you what like, oh my gosh, this was the top thing that happened. I'm actually going to start there. (laughs) So I, if you listen to the previous episode where I talked about what I was kind of expecting in going to podcast movement, what I was really looking forward to, um, most of those things happened and some, like, and beyond that. So I wanted to see Bobby Bones. I saw him. That was super cool. I got to speak to Mark freaking Cuban. Are you joking me? Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a second. I also learned from some incredible podcasters that I've kind of admired from afar. Maybe um, there were a few that I had heard of, but maybe hadn't listened to their shows. Like I wasn't a super fan of their show, but I knew that they were doing big things in the podcasting space. So it was incredible to sit in on some sessions that just blew my mind with what they're doing in podcasting. But also I was introduced to some new podcasters I'd never heard of and learned super, super valuable information. So I just wanted to hit you like right off the top that my expectations were exceeded in many ways, many, many ways. So just to like kind of give you a high level, I'm going to go through what I learned at Podcast Movement 2021. I have some pretty big takeaways and I have, y'all are going to laugh at me. I normally have a notebook and I'm sitting like in the front row, ready to take all the notes. But for whatever reason, I was super discombobulated this last week. And I am going to be looking at, uh, I took notes on my phone this year. And I think it worked out better because I was actually able to like take pictures. And I have it like all in like one notes app or like note on my phone. And 
it was actually, it was really helpful. And then I also have the note, it's not a notebook. What is this? Like a, the book that they handed out, you know, that has uh, the podcast movement branding and it has the whole schedule. So if you hear a bunch of pages ruffling around and all that, that's what it is. So I wanted to start on Tuesday, which was kind of day one. It was a registration day. And this is the day that I ended up speaking on the Buzzsprout new podcast primer. Now, the reason why this is Buzzsprout new podcast primer, one, it's the session that they sponsored. And it was the one that I was speaking on. It wasn't a panel, but it was uh, split up amongst four of us Buzzsprout peeps, Buzzsprout creators were the ones that divided this talk up. And what I did is I contributed to the portion of helping new podcasters discover their why. Like, what is your goal? What's the format of your show going to be? What's the topic? How long are your episodes? And I really try to keep it high level as to not overwhelm people. And it was funny because I got to kind of throw in there, like, you're going to feel like you're drinking from a, like, not a water hose, always say this wrong, a fire hydrant over the next few days. So I wanted to prepare them that they're going to have so much information coming at you. And I'm going to be honest, this is how I felt. I'm still processing. When I was flipping through my book here that has the whole calendar, I was like circling, oh yeah, I attended this one. I attended this one. And I'm like going through the calendar, remembering which sessions I attended. And I was like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about this one. I remember attending this and this is what I learned. So I think that I will continue to have moments that I'm processing and things that made total sense then, but now I'm like questioning, did I learn that the right way? You know, and then there's people that I met, you know, how is that going to work out in, you know, the big scheme of things? Some, some things I know and some things I don't, but I loved being a part of this new podcast primer and just kind of letting them know you're going to have a lot of information and just take it all with a grain of salt, enjoy it, meet new people. And it was a lot of fun. I actually had quite a few people come up to me afterwards and say, thank you so much for breaking it down, like really simply. And it's funny because whenever I meet someone in person, I feel like that's always the number one thing that people say is like, thank you so much for keeping it simple and not overcomplicating podcasting. And I'm like... You're welcome. This is the only way I know how to talk about it. I don't I don't know how to get super complicated because I don't do super complicated things because it's it's not worth it. <laughs> it's not worth the stress of being super complicated. So really that was day 1. There wasn't a ton going on. There was a lot of registration. There was some networking. Um, and that was the official, we'll just call that registration day. That wasn't necessarily like I'm doing quotes, like technically day one, but it was really surprising how many people showed up to this talk that were dedicated to learning more about laying the foundation for a brand new podcast. So that was a lot of fun. So we're going to move into Wednesday, which was technically we'll call this is day one. Okay. So that was day zero registration day. Day one was on Wednesday and there were a lot of really fun things that I got to 
do as far as sitting on the front row on some sessions. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of fun. Like, I can't, I can't believe I'm watching Bobby Bones is on stage and I'm watching him. So if you listen to the last episode where I had talked about podcast movement, I had said, you know, I listened to Bobby Bones when he was a radio DJ in Austin and to see all the things that he's doing on stage, it was, it was pretty cool, right? It was pretty fun. But he said something that, and I'm such a nerd, I totally quoted him. He said, drop the breadcrumbs along the way and see what your audience picks up. This was kind of his little spiel before they really got into doing what his panel was doing for their session. But I wrote that down and I loved it because they were talking about taking your show from just content to premium content and delivering something that was super valuable. And so the the talk that I attended for him was the podcast makeover 30 second challenge. This was really fun. They had several podcasters submit a clip from their show. It was 30 seconds and they played it on stage. Y'all talk about vulnerable, right? Cuz there were a few probably at least a few hundred people in the room and they're playing your podcast clip. Like, could you imagine like putting yourself out there and just like, I mean, I I would do it. I'm just gonna be really honest. I would, I would have done it, but I was like, I don't, I don't need this, you know, critique or whatever. Like I'm comfortable with what I'm doing, but I thought it was very cool that so many people volunteered their show for this because I mean, what if they just like totally ripped into you? <laughs> like, what if they were just like, I hate it. It sucks. You know, like that's kind of the, the thought process, uh, I guess that fear automatically takes over and you're just like, Oh my gosh, what if everybody hates it? But it was really cool. They were, they were not like that at all. It was a panel of three people. And, um, there was a couple that I spoke to afterwards and I let them know that I didn't a hundred percent agree with what Bobby Bones said. Ooh, that feels a little uncomfortable to say like, oh, you know, here's this guy who like, he's done incredible things. He has this massive career in radio and broadcasting. Like he's the head of country at iHeartRadio. Holy moly, like big deal. He's on American Idol and I don't agree with him. And I think that that is totally fine. So here's the context. So there was a couple who they had played the the 30-second clip of the beginning of their show, and everybody was like clapping afterwards. They were like, this is so good. This was so good. It was, you know, awesome. Well, then Bobby Bones proceeded to say, you know, I don't, I don't really get it. I don't like it. I don't really know that this is for me or that I would listen to it. And all I kept thinking, like in my head my my inner dialogue was screaming because this show isn't for you this show isn't for you it's all about personal development and people that are in a career space that looks nothing like what he does in his business or you know in in his shows or any of the entertainment industry that he's a part of and that's all i kept thinking is like well you don't get it cuz it's not for you And so I spoke to the couple later. So shout out to the Well-Rounded Wolf podcast. They're the ones that I spoke to. And I let them know like, hey, just because someone who is an expert, I'm saying in quotes, like expert in the podcast industry, including myself, you have to take things with a grain of salt. You really do. Because there are a lot of people in the podcasting space that deal with shows that have 
millions of downloads every month and they have a huge platform and they already have this massive audience and they're just pivoting to podcasting and it doesn't translate the same for someone who's just getting started that doesn't have as big of a platform or doesn't have a dedicated following already. And I think that it's a very different approach than if you already have a platform somewhere else. And it was so nice to see they were, they were relieved to hear that, you know, and they said several other people came up to them and was like, you know what, just keep the things going the way that you're going. And I let them know at the end of the day, you got to go with your gut, right? You have to evaluate what experts are telling you and what advice you're getting. But at the end of the day, you know the audience you're trying to talk to and you know the show that you are trying to create. So go with your gut. Go with that at the end of the day because you're the one creating the show. I mean, if I had someone tell me that I could only talk about, let's say, marketing your show in a Facebook group. Let's just say that. The Crystal... Facebook groups are where everything is, and that's the only thing you need to talk about for the next six months. I would say, mm, that's really not going to work for me. Because while I love our Facebook community, what about my email list? What about Instagram? What about marketing on other people's podcasts? Really? You're going to tell me that's the only place I can talk about? If I had an expert tell me that, I would say, okay, thank you. I appreciate your feedback, but that's not the only thing I'm going to do. So that was one of the big lessons I learned is like, even though someone could have a huge following, they could be massively popular and they could have all the success in the world. It doesn't mean they know the right advice for you, for your show, or even for the podcast community as a whole. That was a very big takeaway. That was actually a reoccurring message that I saw throughout a lot of the sessions that I attended was if there was a big name that was there or someone that had a huge show that was pretty disconnected from people that were just starting or you know within the first 2 years and they they were getting some success but they didn't have massive massive success then there was usually a disconnect so it was good to see that um I'm looking at my schedule here I actually skipped over one that would have been an earlier session right before the podcast makeover challenge and that was diversifying your income so this was all about making money from a membership. This was fantastic. And I loved learning more about membership opportunities and how to serve your audience. So if you didn't already know this, at, let me see, during, I think it was April 2020. So it was right, like right in the middle, right in the height of everything going on when the pandemic first started. I panicked a little bit about selling my course that had a higher ticket price, which it still wasn't outrageous. It was around $300, but I got nervous about selling my course. And so I decided to create a lower offer of my membership. So I created the potty people and the potty people like currently is on a hiatus. And don't worry if you're interested in it, I'm going to have some information in the next few months because we are going to be opening it up again. But the model that I had for my membership was not correct in the way that I launched it. And so I wanted to learn more about having a podcast membership, what that looks like. And this session was so, so valuable. It was a group of women who have a political podcast. It's called Pantsuit Politics. 
And then they also have a podcast that is about pop culture. And it was really interesting because they have the two different podcasts because they want to have one that brings in a lot of downloads and can bring in some revenue sponsors, like, you know, ad sponsors and bring in some revenue to support their other shows and create memberships around those. I was so fascinated to hear that they've been using Patreon for a really long time and that another great place for you to grow membership is with Kajabi. And I already knew this. This is where I'd housed my membership. And I just learned so much about the value of community and the women that were there. And I'm going to link to it in the show notes. So crystalprofit.com forward slash episode 279. If if I mention a podcast, I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes. But I was really impressed with their ability to pivot Because they mentioned several times, like, you know, we tried this, it didn't work. We pivoted. We tried this, it didn't work. We pivoted. We tried this, and it took off. So there were many instances of trial and error over the last few years of growing their community, serving their audience. And they're like, we have tried so many different things, and the ones that didn't work, we weren't heartbroken over it. We just moved on right? Whether it was pivoting, whether it was dropping something totally, creating a different offer. And so I want to really give that to you as a gift that if you're trying to figure out how to monetize your show and you aren't 100% sure that what you're doing right now is working or not working, give it time and then bless and release if it's not working. Like this is your permission. If something, if you're like, I've been doing this for six months and it's not working, I feel like I need to pivot. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time, right? So that was the number one thing that like, don't be afraid to pivot. Don't be afraid to experiment. But at the end of the day, listen to your audience. And that was one of the big things with the membership for me, for the potty people. I didn't have a clear picture because it's something that I released reactively. Like it was like 100%. Oh, the pandemic's here. I need something lower ticket to offer to my audience. And that's what I did. But because I did it kind of (laughs) sloppily, Sloppily is a word, right? I did it pretty sloppy. We'll say that. I wasn't able to serve my audience in the best way possible. And I, when people would ask me, well, do I need your course or do I need your membership? Like what? I I was really confused. And you've heard me say it before, Donald Miller's quote, like if you confuse, you lose. And I was confused myself. So just wanted to share that about memberships. I think that it's a fantastic way to monetize your show, but I think that you can go wrong if you try to do it too soon before your audience is really there and you know exactly who you're talking to. So that's my last little word of caution about memberships. Okay, how to build a podcast team on a budget. This was a really fun session. This was like a fireside session that included um, three podcasters that really spoke about using interns, which I love this. I love the idea of using interns and, you know, having people that you, again, on a budget, it's, it's on a budget. You can't, you can't do everything and hire everybody right from the beginning. So I love the idea of going to your local community college, a local college that you have and talking to the communications department, talking to the business school, talking to someone that's involved about getting some interns. And the idea was get them to help you with your social media, get them to, 
research guests that you could, you know, our podcast hosts that you could go onto their show and you can guest on their shows. They had a lot of fantastic ideas and uh, they just kept saying, Out, outsource your outreach first. This was the number one thing that they said. It's like, if you're looking to grow and they recommend, you know, this is, and you've heard me say it before, if you listen to the show, guesting on other people's podcast is the number one way to grow your audience. So they said, outsource that to someone else that can help you, but also keep it super customized. And I love what they said. So they had, uh, they gave four steps of a scalable podcast team. And the first one was outreach. And I love this idea. And I actually haven't heard this anywhere else. So when it comes to guesting on other shows, they said, instead of sending this long email or sending a pitch, a one sheet, anything like that, they're like, send a custom text or a custom voice text or a voice memo or a video where it's more engaging and more interactive. And I thought, oh my gosh, as a host of a show, I thought I would 100% connect with someone so much faster if I had an audio clip or if I could see them in an email. You know, so you could do this in Loom, you could do this on a unlisted YouTube video. Um, I know that there's different ways that you can record a video. I mean, you could record a video in StreamYard, download it and send it to them. There's a lot of different ways that you could do this, but I thought as a host of a show, this would get me excited if I saw this come across my desk, even if it was from a VA that was like, hey, you know, so Sarah recorded this quick clip for you, you know, check it out and let let us know if you would be a great fit for, you know, y'all could collaborate in some way. So that was really cool. I'm going to look into that more. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step -step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step -step guide to starting your podcast today. And then the second thing that they said was using Calendly to schedule all these interviews, which I love. You know, I love Calendly. I have YouTube videos about it. I'll link to one in the show notes, but uh, Calendly is a fantastic scheduling tool. And then they were talking about the third step is using Asana and integrating all of that together. They were getting a little technical into like, hey, you can integrate uh, Calendly and Asana using Zapier and doing all these other things. But I, what I really loved about it was they loved Asana and I get to ask them a question about like, hey, you know, when it comes to your workflow, how do you integrate everything and how do you give someone permission like uh, in Asana, you can assign people tasks and you can give them, you know, different accesses. And how do you manage that without giving like everything, right? You don't want to give access to everything. And then someone 
you know, take it's it's just trust, right? You got to trust people and you got to ha- have the ability to trust them, but also you don't want to give everything away to someone that you don't know, especially if it's an intern that you're like, "Oh my gosh, like okay, how's this going to work? Is this going to work out well for us?" At least that's my perspective. And then the fourth way, the fourth thing that they said was finding a project manager. And I love this idea because, um, you know, I've talked about hiring, I've had several project managers that I've worked with. I've worked with several contractors within my business and hiring the right project manager can a hundred percent help you streamline things. So shout out to Aaron. Aaron was helping me for several months, get everything really organized on the back end of my business. She helped me set up a fantastic content calendar that I use today. She's helped me, you know, reorganize all my Google Drive and help me set up better systems on the back end with my course. Chelsea, she's another project manager that helped me redo my whole course in Kajabi. So I 100% agree. Having the right project manager can help you go further faster with your podcast. So don't think that you have to hire 17 different people to help you really grow your show. Hiring just one project manager, even if it's on a contract contract basis, can really help you make some big strides. Okay, so that was that talk. Then I attended How to Get Your First 1 Million Downloads, and this was with John Lee Dumas. And there was another gentleman on stage, and his name is totally escaping me. His last name is Parr. I'm like, is it Chris Parr? Stephen Parr? Y'all, this is terrible. But I'm going to link to their shows in the show notes. And uh, it was really fascinating to hear that the number one thing that John Lee Dumas kept saying was, you've got to guest on other shows. He says that he guests on 20 shows per month. 20 shows. And I thought, well, no freaking wonder he like he has had such a successful podcast career. That is a lot. That is a lot. And I know that it's not just him. He has a team of people, you know, a team of people that really run his podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire. But that really shocked me. I thought, wow, every single month. And I think that he does it in like one day. He knocks out 20 episodes, but he keeps them really short. From what I've heard, whenever he's been on other shows, like he talks about keeping it to like 15 or 20 minutes. And I was just blown away. I was like 20 shows. And if you've heard me talk here, this is actually something that I'm planning on really focusing for quarter three, quarter four of 2021, even going into 2022 is having a solid plan for guesting on more shows. But I was just blown away. 20 shows in one single month. And he kept saying it over and over again. It's like, you know, you have all these other strategies. You can do all these other things. There's SEO. But at the end of the day, that is the number one way to grow your show. You could go on other podcasts. You don't even have to tell them about a free resource or your course or your webinar or anything like that. It's just come listen to my podcast. And I was just like, wow, it's so simple. It's so dang simple, but it takes a lot of work, right? It takes a lot of work. And this is why, honestly, I've been pretty hesitant to do a lot of these things, like jump full blown into it, because I don't just want to kind of like just start trying to do it without having custom messages to send to people and making it more personal where the possibility of them saying yes is a lot higher. So that was my number one takeaway from John Lee Dumas's talk on getting your first 1 million downloads. 
And then day two, which was officially on Thursday, was like the main event, right? It was Mark Cuban and his partner, Fallon, who they have co-founded Fireside together. But before we get there, we had a fantastic, there was a, like a, like a pre-talk before then. And I think that they, a podcast movement, you know, the organizers did such a great job at having this specific talk right before the Mark Cuban one, because I think a lot of people were like, oh, Mark Cuban's coming. You know, I know I was. I was like, oh, you know, I want to I want to get there early. And the talk that happened right before they came out was how we talk about race in podcasting. And what I loved about this is I got to hear from very different perspectives on stage. I mean, I'm a white woman. I'm in my 30s. I have small kids. Like these are demographically who I am. And I only have my perspective. So I loved getting to hear from the women that were on stage. There were two black women who have a very different perspective from me, as well as an Asian man who shared his perspective. It was so fascinating to not only hear about their experiences in podcasting, but to share the insights that they've learned over the last year in being in the podcasting space in their different roles. Some of them are part of major networks. Others have started, you know, their own side projects of how they want to help people in the podcast community. And I was just so inspired by the conversations that were happening. And I got to be really honest, you know, when it comes to race and talking about podcasting, it's very uncomfortable. And that's the point. That is the point. Because I had uh, some, somebody asked a really weird question. He was like, from a, I'm an old white guy, you know, from my perspective and this and that. And it was kind of, you know, it was just one of those things. (laughs) It's one of those things where I was like, sir, do you like read the room? Do you know, do you even know what this is about? Like, why, why are you here asking this question? It was, um, yeah, I don't I was gonna say he meant well. I don't even I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speak for him. I don't know what his intentions were, but I was really happy with the panel across the board was like, you know, our job isn't to make sure that you're comfortable, sir. Our job is to have other people's voices heard and to make sure that there's representation in podcasting. And it was just, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. So I'm going to find their respective shows and put them in the show notes as well. Like I said, I'm pretty sure that they're part of major networks, but it was really, it was pretty cool. It was a uh, code switch. I know was one of the main ones as well as, um, I want to say she was the director at Slate. I wish I had everybody's names. Like I don't have everybody's names in this book to tell me. It's just like I have the sessions that I attended, but I'm going to put all their information in as well. And then I know the gentleman that spoke, he said that he wrote for the LA Times. So it was really cool to hear everybody's different perspective and to learn from other people. Going back to what I was saying at the beginning, I don't know everything. Okay, I'm going to be very upfront and honest. I don't know everything there is to know about podcasting, and I only know my perspective. And so I love to learn from people that are different from me and how I can be better. How can how can I be more diverse in my show, more inclusive, and really just 
create a space for other people to share their stories. So that was fantastic. But I want to move into the Mark Cuban stuff because I've had several people ask me, like, (laughs) you said that you spoke to Mark Cuban. What are you even talking about? What is life? And I got to be really honest. Okay, so if you've listened to the show, you've heard me talk about this before. I put myself in situations where I can ask questions and I have always, I don't know when this started. I'm trying to think of the very first time this started, but I will put myself in the front row if I can. I will get as close to the stage as possible and I will put myself out there even though I'm shaking internally. Like I just like all the anxiety, all the adrenaline, like all the things like everyone's like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you asked that question. You were so calm, cool and collective. And I'm like, if you only knew what was happening inside of my body, like my my blood is boiling like out of out of my skin. I'm just like, oh my gosh, all the tinglies because I get nervous. I get even though I can talk, I can do all the things like raising my hand. Like I could be on stage in front of thousands of people and be okay, but to be a part of an audience and raise my hand, like it's just this whole other thing that makes me so nervous. But I did it. And uh Mark Cuban and Fallon were there to promote their new app Fireside. Here is my quick 10 second like commercial for what they're doing. They are trying to create a platform that is intertwining social media and podcasting. Now, there are a lot of questions around it. I still have tons of questions, but I raise my hand to ask about discoverability because this is the number one question with podcasters is how do I get my show in front of more people? And I think that if they knew more about the podcast movement talk and the organization and what they are trying to do, I think that they would have read the room a little bit better because they were really talking to the people who want to be the next Joe Rogans, who want to monetize their podcast immediately. Now, don't get me wrong. I know most of you that are listening, you have 100% intentions of monetizing your show. Eventually, you're just trying to figure out how to make it work, but there were just so many questions, so many questions. I was like, how, how does your app work to help discoverability? And I was basically left with a non-answer of, we're working on it. We're working on it. Like, that's that's great. You know, we're, we're just a year old. We're just getting started. Yet it looked like they had thrown a lot of marketing dollars towards fancy videos and marketing campaigns. And they really couldn't answer some basic questions about podcasting. So... The jury's still out on that one. I don't really know what to expect. I've downloaded the app, haven't really worked with it. It's To me, in my mind, it's another app. And I know how podcasters work. I know how podcast listeners work. You don't want another app. You don't want it to switch to one more platform. You don't want to have to do one more thing. You want to do what you're already comfortable doing, right? Habitually, you know, every Tuesday, you open up, listen to your favorite shows, you go to one app, you listen to it there, then when you're done, you get off. And then the next time, you listen to your next show. So I don't know that this is going to solve all the podcasting problems, but it's interesting. We'll keep watching out for it. And my kids thought it was really cool. I got to talk to the guy that's on Shark Tank. (laughs) So (laughs) that was pretty fun. Okay, let's move into the last few talks that I wanted to share with you. I attended my friend Carrie Ann. She did one about podcast editing made simple. And she had some great points about 
really setting up everything that you're going to do before you start recording before you ever start recording. Like, I think a lot of people think that you can do all these plugins and these other fancy things, leveling and compression and just a lot of things within your software that honestly, you can handle most of those situations before you ever start recording. You can make sure that you don't have echo in your room. You can make sure that you're following proper mic techniques. You can make sure that you are like echo proofing your environment by putting tile or, you know, putting carpet down on the tile, putting a rug down, closing the blinds, closing the curtains. Like there are definitely a few things that you can do. And if you haven't listened to my episode that I've done with Carrie Ann, you absolutely have to go check it out because it was, it was so good. And she was, uh, one of my friends that spoke on, the new podcast primer panel, and she's just so smart. I highly recommend following her because her editing and just all of her techniques are super helpful, and it was great to see her shine on the stage. I just, so shout out Carrie Ann. I thought you did a fantastic job. Okay, we are gonna wrap some of this up. Let me see. I got two more things to talk about. So day three, are we on day three? Is this right? A Friday, whatever Friday was day. Like I said, we started like day zero was Tuesday registration day. Day one was Wednesday. Day two was Thursday. Yeah. So day three on Friday, I attended a talk that was how to turn your side hustle into a career and monetizing your podcast like a pro. So this was from the ladies who run the podcast Almost 30. And this is one of the shows that I had heard of, but I didn't actively listen to it because I was, I'm like, I'm already 30. <laughs> I'm 34. I don't, I don't really know what this podcast is about. I don't know that it's for me, but I knew that they were a successful show and I wanted to learn about their monetization strategies. And I asked them a question about, you know, they had offered some advice on like, man, you can definitely diversify the way that you monetize your show and up to like eight different ways, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. But my question was really, well, when do you wait to like, do you wait for one of your revenue streams to be successful, like hit a certain dollar amount, and then you move into another one? Or do you recommend trying out many different things? And their answer was, and they've been doing this for longer than I have. They've been doing this, I think for six or seven years and they said that they just kept listening to their audience. Like they had tried to do a line of merchandise and they were like, that did not work. Like our audience, we thought that they were gonna love it, they could care less. So again, going back to the pivoting and trial and error and testing things out, it was interesting to hear what really worked well for them. And they were saying they made about a million dollars in ad revenue last year, but what they're trying to do is switch most of their like flip the revenue model on its head and make more money from their courses and their memberships and directly from their audience instead of the revenue that they're making on ads, which I thought was a really smart move because you can't always predict what another brand is going to do or a sponsorship. Like what if they decide to go in a different direction and then all of a sudden you're out? What if 50% of your revenue goes away? So they're moving more towards the model of creating 
really customer focused, like audience centered products, memberships, and different things that will serve their community, which I thought was fantastic because that's very in line with what we do and what we teach around here. So go check them out. I'm going to link to their podcast in the show notes as well. And then one of the last talks was Michael Steltzer, Steltzner, I always say his name wrong, from the Social Media Examiner. And he was talking about levering social audio for success and what podcasters need to know. So he was really talking about Clubhouse, the emerging you know, Facebook and Twitter and all these different platforms that are really starting to focus more on audio. And I asked the question of, you know, I know a lot of people in this community already have, even if it's a smaller platform, you have platforms somewhere. If, if it's on LinkedIn, if it's on Instagram, it's on Facebook, you already have a place that you are communicating with people online. And my question was, with Clubhouse, the, the hesitation or the reservation that I'm seeing is people saying, it's just another platform. <laughs> it's another platform to keep up with. How can I do this and still be engaged with the rest of my audience on the different places. And he was saying, look, if you want to grow in the social audio space, get on the Twitter rooms, get in Clubhouse, which you're going to have a better opportunity to be discovered on Clubhouse because it's still a smaller platform. You know, Facebook, I don't know about you, but I don't have access to run rooms in our Facebook group that are audio only. Like there's, I don't have access to do a lot of the things that Clubhouse or Facebook is taken from Clubhouse. Let's say like it's imitation of Clubhouse. Let's be real. They stole it. They stole the ideas. Come on, Facebook. We see you. We know what you did. But I think that if you're looking for ways to experiment with your voice, get a connection with your audience, taking advantage of the social audio opportunities that are happening right now is... I highly recommend it. I highly, highly recommend it. I can tell you, I haven't been as active on Clubhouse as I was in January, February, March of this year because I have not had time for it. I've been trying to figure out a lot of other pieces of my business, but I can tell you, I feel more connected to the people that I've met on Clubhouse as opposed to just a random Instagram follower or someone that is a lurker in our Facebook group and doesn't participate. They're just kind of there. I have made some really quick connections with people through social audio. So I think that it's something that we should all be doing. It's something we should all be paying attention to. And it's something that we should consider as we're looking at our growth plans and how we want to scale our shows, our communities, our businesses. Think about how does social audio play into that? So that was like in a nutshell, just a quick debrief, y'all. There's still so many other things that I'm going to be sharing as we, you know, I'm going to put out some YouTube videos. I'm going to be doing some collaborations with people. I connected with some incredible podcasters, and I just cannot wait to share with you all the things that I learned over the next few weeks. But that's all I have for you today. I had to cut it off somewhere. And this is it. Like this is getting to be a pretty lengthy episode. But go check out the show notes, crystalprofit.com forward slash episode 279 for all the podcasts that we talked about here today. 
And I'm going to link to one of the quick clips that I did about the sneak peek behind the scenes. I wanted to get a video up like right as soon as everything was going on because it was just so much fun. And I was like, I got to get this out there and show people what this podcast movement is all about. And I want you to go check out that video. So I'm going to link to it in the show notes, crystalprofit.com forward slash episode 279. But that's all I have for you today. So make sure you are following the podcast, you are subscribed wherever you are listening, because we put out brand new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. And I do not want you to miss them because we have some really fun stuff coming up over the next few weeks. So I want to tell you, we're doing a challenge. So if you're listening in real time, we're doing a challenge at the end of August. It's a five-day podcast challenge, and it's going to be so much fun. So if you've been listening to the show for a while and you're like, I'm just kind of a passive listener. I haven't started my show. I haven't launched it. This challenge, it's free. Okay. It's 100% free. You're going to want to get involved. It's going to be so much fun. It's five days, and I'm going to take you from just an idea to laying the foundation of everything you need to know to get your podcast up and running ASAP. So I'm gonna have a link to that in the show notes. Again, crystalprofit.com forward slash episode 279. But that's all I have for you today. So as always, remember, keep it up. We all have to start somewhere.